from the world famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. Black and Blue Report continues its road trip this Wednesday, and we hope this finds you well. Wherever you may be, we are in Salt Lake City, Utah. Hi again, everybody. I'm Sean Kelly. Good to be back with you here on the Black and Blue Report. We hope that this, again, finds you well and that you've uh, found a great way to gather us in, whether it's on iTunes or the team apps, the New Orleans Saints app, the Pelicans app, or on your desktop at NewOrleansSaints.com or Pelicans.com. We're ready to go for a good Wednesday, or Wesley Day, as we like to call it. Yep, David Wesley stops by today as we uh, made it our way to the middle of the week, and uh, certainly plenty of basketball to talk about today. In fact, most all of our talk today will be about basketball, some good, <laughs> and unfortunately after last night, some not so good as we uh, work our way through this West Coast road trip uh, here that will conclude tonight in Salt Lake City. Also on the program today, former NBA coach and New Orleanian Avery Johnson is our guest. Daniel Salerson sat down with Avery yesterday as uh, Avery Johnson and our own Rita Benson LeBlanc were named event co-chairs for All-Star events coming up uh, later on this season, February, for all of us on the calendar. And then we'll get to kind of a bird's-eye view from a national perspective on the NBA right now with one of the talented national writers covering our game. That's Jonathan Abrams. He is with Grantland.com. And I'll uh, share my visit with one of the newest Pelicans, Josh Childress. And we visited yesterday after shoot-around before the Laker game. And I'll have a chance to share that with you today on the Black and Blue Report. So a lot of basketball to get to today. Uh, later on today, of course, on NewOrleansSaints.com, the coverage uh, really ramps up as far as our pregame coverage goes for the Saints and 49ers this weekend at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. They're back to work today, and so tomorrow's show will be very football-heavy as we uh, start to gather in the uh, information and interviews that will take place on Airline Drive today. Salt Lake City, uh, it is dry, <laughs> to say the least. The elevation is maybe going to be a factor tonight. This is one of the toughest places to play, the second game of a back-to-back, -back, but nonetheless... You do it probably uh, once, sometimes even twice a year. Uh, the guys got into their uh, hotel rooms uh, just shy of 3 a.m. local time earlier today, and so they will try and uh, rest up after uh, breakfast meetings today with Coach Williams and uh, get set to take on an 0-8 Utah Jazz team. That seems uh, rather strange talking about a Utah Jazz program that's had plenty of success over the years, but they're off to a rough start. They're 0-8, uh, and so tonight two teams trying to get right um, – may provide for a very uh, spirited basketball game. Uh, as you may have already uh, figured out, the Pelicans lost last night in Los Angeles to the Lakers, 116-95, to drop to 3-5 uh, on the start of the season, 0-2 on this road trip. We're going to talk about last night's game and uh, the Pelicans in general as we uh, bring in David Wesley. We'll do that here in just a moment. In fact, why don't we do it next? 
Take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans by getting the entire family on board for a Pepsi Friends and Family Night. Packages are available for select Pelicans home games and include four tickets, four hot dogs, four bags of chips, and four Pepsis for as low as $128. The next Pepsi Friends and Family Night is Saturday, November 16th against the Philadelphia 76ers. For more information and to plan your next night out with the gang, log on to pelicans.com today. Are you ready for health care reform? At Blue Cross, we're ready to help. Learn all you can about health care reform at bcbsla.com slash reform. Here you'll find information on tax credits, health insurance options, answers to frequently asked questions, and a handy checklist to help you prepare. Visit us today at bcbsla.com slash reform and get ready. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana is an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association and is incorporated as Louisiana Health Service and Indemnity Company. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Well, our show from Salt Lake City continues this morning on this Wesley day with David Wesley. We've reached Wednesday. We've also reached David finally the end of this road trip. This will be the last day out for the uh, Pelicans on this first extended road trip. And unfortunately, the trip has not gone well. Uh, Two losses so far for the Pelicans. Hopefully tonight they can turn it around against the Utah Jazz. And the Jazz are hoping the same thing because they're 0-8. But... Let's start with last night in Los Angeles. By the way, first of all, good morning. Yeah, good morning. I, I was going to say we're we're uh, we're we're dragging like the team probably feels right now. Yeah, there's no doubt that you drag a little bit with the travel, but certainly uh, when you lose, when you like you did to the Lakers, I, I was I was shocked last night. Um, not to say that I I thought that the Pelicans would win, but I thought after the Phoenix game, this team has done well in bouncing back after losses. And they're playing a team that they're familiar with in the Lakers. But yet, it just didn't go well, really, from the start of the second quarter on. Well, like you, I, I was surprised. And and some for the same reason. Some just because on Friday they played so well, pretty much dominated the Lakers on both ends of the floor. Like you said, bounced back after losses. You just kind of expected a little more fight a little more fire out of out of the Pelicans than, than what they really gave. They really struggled to be intense for long stretches of the game and collectively be intense uh, enough to beat a team, any NBA team. And you may look at the Lakers as a, having a down year or any other team, the Suns being basically a rebuild year and they're basically they're just not collectively playing good enough defense for four quarters to win games right now. Let's expand on that because I know you've been thinking about this. And, and of course, you and I were both in agreement last night that, and Coach was too, about the, the effort on both ends of the floor and consistent effort throughout that game. But if, you're, if you start to try and break down what, what's ailing this team, if you were to diagnose the problems, you, you touched on a little bit of the defense there. Give me some more of the symptoms, if you will, of what's going on. Well, yeah, you hear Monty Williams talk about not making excuses, and and some of these sounds, some of these are going to kind of sound like excuses, but certainly I believe that the real reasons why this team sometimes struggle is they're the youngest team in the league. They're trying to incorporate a ton of new guys. That's hard to do, and we're only eight games into the season. The expectations of this team, and I'm sure they're feeling some of that pressure because everybody came in thinking. Uh, seven and one preseason. We got to win, got to win. Get off to an zero and two start. Maybe they're pressing a little bit. Mm-hmm. And not to mention, 
trying to buy into Monty's coaching. And you, ha- you have to be able to do that for 48 minutes. You can't have three guys working on defense and two guys not. Or, and I don't mean working. I just mean intense for 48 minutes. As young players, do they know how to be intense for 48 minutes of a, of a basketball game? Guys that are coming off the bench, are they bringing it like they sh- need to bring it in order to get wins? Um, I, I think this team has the pieces necessary to win, mm-hmm. certainly to beat teams like the Lakers or the Suns, but they just haven't showed it yet. I didn't want to talk about injuries at all to start the season because, frankly, I was tired of talking about them after the last two years. You know, it's been such a major storyline with this team. But here we are again, and it really hit me in the head last night when Steensman left uh, with a knee injury that we have an injury storyline, unfortunately, and Ryan Anderson's absence to start the season, I think maybe has played out to be more significant than I thought it would be. Not to, not any slight to Ryan Anderson, but I thought that the one injury you could overcome, but it seems to have played a major role in how this team has started. Well, he's one of the guys that's been around the league a while who knows how to play. And uh, again, these, some of these may sound like excuses, but when you're taking away a guy who can go out on a bad night and get you 15, on a good night get you high 20s, shoot the lights out from from three-point line, he may make anywhere from three to six threes in a night. It's hard to replace that kind of guy. And the, the fact that he plays so tough, he that's kind of your backbone, your grit, he can drive the ball posted. He can shoot the three. He spaces the floor and basically just knows how to play the game. How do you replace a guy like that? And certainly hadn't been there for a while. And with a veteran team, a guy goes down, you rally, you, you play. But this team right now needs all of its horses, and they have some major that major piece missing. They exchanged pieces yesterday, speaking of putting all the pieces in place. Lou Amundsen and Josh Childress yesterday. Um, early season moves, two coming on the same day, so it seems to have made more of an impact when maybe if it wouldn't be so much if you had added one this week and, and say one next week. But those two guys, what do you think that they, where, they, where they will be able to help this team? Well, defensively, I, I think both moves are a def- defensive move. Uh, the Pelicans this season have been – good for quarters where they're giving up 20 points, 21 points, 17 points, and then the complete opposite, giving up 35 and 36 and 37 points. So uh, looking for some defensive punch, some guys. And Amundsen, we watched him last year, high intense on the defensive end, good motor, and really knows where he's supposed to be on defense. And and that's certainly a luxury. Threw him out there last night for 14 minutes and – uh, you would think he never missed a beat. Um, and then Josh, same thing. He, long, rangy uh, arms uh, can defend. And, um, and, and that's kind of what they're going to bring to the table. If, in fact, Josh even uh, gets an opportunity to get out there, he, he's playing in a position where it's, you know, it's pretty stacked up. All right, so tonight you hope they get right. You hope to end the, the road trip on a good note, despite the rough start to it. The Jazz are 0-8. I'm not buying uh, number one. <laughs> um, I know what Ty Corbin can do with that team, and, and it's early on them too. Um, and this is, 
if not the worst, the second worst place in the entire NBA to play the second night of a back-to-back. -back. Talk about what the challenge is just inherently in that for this team tonight as they get set to go at it again. Well, the, the, the challenge in that is, is to make sure that as players, which is almost human nature to hey, kind of almost count, count your chickens in the, in the coop, you know, because 0-8, oh we should be able to get this one. Eh, like you said, not so fast. All NBA teams, even the worst ones, uh, and, I, and I always think back to, uh, and this was a long time ago, but the 72-win Chicago Bulls team lost twice to the worst team in the league, which was the Toronto Raptors uh, back that year. So you just never know, and sometimes teams just match up with you well. Sometimes they just play hard against you for some reason, uh, and they have – guys who could play. Uh, I like Favors, Cantor inside, which could present a problem defensively, and, and, and um, they have good guards. Uh, Tensley is capable of doing some things. You, you never know what it is, but he could cause some problems. So um, I just, um, they have to really come out and just play intense. I, I think it's about what the Pelicans do, but they got to play intense intense for 48 minutes. All right, last thing is this. Help me gain a little perspective here. In the grand scheme of things, a 3-6 and six start or a 4-5 and five start, those will be the two numbers that would happen after tonight. Um, I'm trying not to uh, be alarmed or uh, read too much into it. There's so much basketball still to be played, and sometimes it's, hard. it's easy to lose sight of that, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, is that the right way to look at this? Or... Um, do you think there's a little genuine concern when you start the season this way? Well, I, I think I think there's there is some genuine concern. I I I don't think it's genuine panic. Four and five, and four and five is a big deal because we were with the expectation a lot of home games. We're going to be on the road. You know, we're going to be we have an opportunity to get ten wins or, or whatever we said. In this first month of basketball, it hasn't happened. Oh well, it really depends on going forward. What, how this all plays out? They could get on a roll. They could get figure some things out. Getting to a good rhythm. And we and we've talked about Evans hasn't really brought what he can bring. The bench hasn't really performed consistently. Uh, Aminu hasn't really got it going this season at all. You know, it's a lot that needs to happen. And, of course, without Ryan Anderson, he isn't around. So you get him back, you guys start figuring it out. Maybe he changed how people play the game. I don't know. Um, I'm not in a panic, but certainly there is some concern because this is a defensive team. And even though they're only given, I think they're fifth in points given up, it's kind of when they give them up that's, that's really alarming. All right, we'll track it. We'll keep, we'll keep looking at it, and uh, we'll see how tonight goes here. And so, like, enjoy the, uh, what do they call it, the high desert air out here, the, the high country? Yeah, it's drying my face out. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. I'm on radio. You have, to, you have to look pretty on TV. Thanks, David. Yep. yep. Thanks a lot. We'll have more here from Salt Lake City on today's edition of the Black and Blue Report in just a moment. 
Okay, you've just been told you have a serious heart issue. Congestive heart failure, a valve problem, a complex rhythm disorder. Now what? At Auctioner, we suggest you take a moment and do some research. When you do, you'll find Auctioner Medical Center as the only heart program in the region ranked among the nation's best by U.S. News & World Report. We routinely treat the most complex cases with revolutionary procedures such as surgical and non-surgical valve replacements and the total artificial heart. And we have the largest, most comprehensive program for treating arrhythmias in the Gulf South, offering options not available elsewhere in the region. At the end of the day, the most important thing to hear is... I just saw your test results, and they look great. No problems. Leading-edge care. Just one more reason to choose an auctioner-affiliated physician. For an appointment, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. In Salt Lake City today, getting ready for Pelicans and Jazz tonight. Later on today, John DeShazer will be up and running on NewOrleansSaints.com. Starting to get you ready for Saints and 49ers. Again, our thanks to David Wesley for uh, stopping by here on Wesley Day. Uh, still to come, uh, Jonathan Abrams from Brantland in our first sit-down with newest Pelican, Josh Childress. Let's turn our attention now to a, a bit of the All-Star events that are coming our way uh, later on this season. Uh, the NBA and the uh, Pelicans have announced uh, event co-chairs for All-Star events, one of which is Rita Benson-LeBlanc. The other is former NBA head coach and New Orleans native Avery Johnson. Avery got the chance to uh, catch up with all of us the other day, and Daniel Salerson was there with, with the microphone to uh, share with you on Black and Blue Report. So, Avery, today you were named officially an ambassador of the 2014 NBA All-Star Game. How cool is it to be taking part in uh, the great festivities here in February? Well, it's it's a phenomenal uh, honor, uh, especially to be called upon by people that I consider uh, great ambassadors for the city themselves, you know, namely, you know, Tom Benson and, you know, Rita Benson LeBlanc and, you know, Mickey Loomis and all the folks that's, you know, associated with the Pelicans and, and the Saints and I'm just honored because, you know, New Orleans, I think, is the premier convention city, party city. Um, it New Orleans knows how to throw an event, how to host an event. And to have the NBA uh, 2014 All-Star Game here and, and return to our city in such a short period of time, that really says a lot about, you know, the city in general. Yeah, it was just going to be my follow-up question. It says a lot about this city, you know, two times now in six years. It just shows that New Orleans now has become more of a basketball city. Absolutely. And, you know, with the investment that Mr. Benson and his team uh, has made into the city by buying the Pelicans um, and putting all of the money that they've put into the New Orleans arena, uh, they have a phenomenal uh, practice facility. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're competitive not only on the court, but with all of the facilities and the money that they're putting into the franchise, it really sends a message that, that they're trying to win and win big. And, and, and for a small, quote-unquote, small market team, uh, I think they've, they, they have great leadership. And guys like Dale Demps and Monty Williams, guys who I, were, I was teammates with with the Spurs, uh, they're doing a good job of really rebuilding this franchise. Now, you played high school ball here at St. Augustine, led them to a, a 
championship in 83. The Jazz were here before that, and they left in 79. Did you ever think that the city of New Orleans would get another basketball team after the Jazz left? I, I didn't think so. Um, you know, I, I thought with this, you know, the Saints, you know, being in New Orleans and and with the, the type of market cap that the Saints had in New Orleans, I thought it would be tough with the way the economy was to uh, get a team back. But I was part of the, you know, kind of the subcommittee and and helping New Orleans get a team back. And I'm glad that it happened. And I'm glad that the team returned even after Katrina, because now with the combined Saints, Pelicans, um, uh, you know, structure here, I, I think it's one of the best stories in all of professional sports. Now, you mentioned you play with Monty and Dell when you were in San Antonio. Did you ever think or knowing by how they were playing as a player and off the court that they would Monty would be a head coach one day and Del Demps would be a GM. Did you see that you coming? Know, you know, Monty and Del, they were both uh, pretty intelligent guys. They knew how to deal with people. Uh, they were students of the game. You know, and all of us being in San Antonio, we were under the great leadership of, you know, Greg Popovich. And um, I think that's benefited all of us. And, 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 and also guys like Steve Kerr, who was a – president of the Phoenix Suns at one time, Terry Porter, who was a head coach, Doc Rivers, who's a head coach now with, with the Clippers and had great success with the Boston Celtics, you know, uh, Vinny Del Negro. Um, you know, we, we've had a great alumni from San Antonio that have had, uh, you know, some sort of success in the NBA on the coaching level. And, and obviously with all of the GMs, including Dale Demps, that the Spurs under, you know, R.C. Buford's leadership has, um, you know, led and, and, and helped those guys get jobs with other teams. I think that's just as a, a big story. Have you had a chance to see the Pelicans play so far this season? I have, and, you know, they, they're a young team. Uh, Anthony Davis is, you know, one of the, you know, early season uh, first team all NBA guys in my mind. You know, when a guy is averaging 21 points and, you know, 11 rebounds and four block shots and, you know, as of a couple of days ago, he was shooting when we covered him on ESPN, you know, he was shooting 88% from the line. Uh, when you have those type of numbers, that's that, that that bodes well for your team. And, you know, the trade for Drew Holiday, who's still – feeling his way and getting adjusted and, uh, you know, getting Gordon back and trying to get him healthy. Um, you know, I, I think the big key for the Hornets' success this year is go going to be the growth of Aminu at the small forward spot and trying to get some production out of their center spot. So, and, you know, getting Tariq Evans to a point where he can compete for six-man the year, uh, he's going to have to play really well because the Western Conference is loaded uh, from top to bottom. Now, lastly, before I let you go, uh, a few years ago, Monty Williams, right when he got hired, he went on Mike and Mike in the morning and decided to do a little impression of you. And for those who haven't heard it, take a listen. Woodlands in H-Town. He 
So, Coach, I'm, I'm sure you've heard it many times. Is, does Monty do the best Avery Johnson impression? Monty does the best Avery Johnson impression. Now, he exaggerates a little bit, and, you know, he, he puts a little actor you know in in his presentation but Monty's the best he's been a good friend um there's a guy named Elliot Walden from Windstar Farms in Lexington Kentucky I think he's a close second so <laughs> what we need to do we need to have an Avery Johnson roast in New Orleans maybe during all-star weekend and raise some uh, you know some money for some of my favorite local charities and 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 have a have a Avery Johnson uh you know, contest between those two guys and see if we can raise some money. That sounds like a plan. Uh, now, can you do a Monty Williams impression? I cannot. I'm not good at doing <laughs> impressions of anybody. I wish I could. And, you know, if we ever have some sort of event, I, I think I'll practice it. I think that'll be the, the the talk of the night if I can come back and do a Monty impression. Avery Johnson, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. And I'm really excited about being the co-chairman of the uh, 2014 uh, all-star uh, game and with, with my good friend Rita Benson LeBlanc and it's going to be mean a lot for the city of New Orleans economically and and um, uh, you know people from all around the world going to see what a great city it is. That's Avery Johnson, newest ambassador of the 2014 NBA All-Star game right here in New Orleans. Sean, back to you. All right, Daniel, thank you very much. Coming up next, we'll get a little bit of a national perspective regarding the National Basketball Association from one of the young, talented writers writing for Grantland.com. That's Jonathan Abrams, and he's with us in just a moment. Hey there, what you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, What? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. N nicotine? Listen, I'm going to hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. Last night in Los Angeles, I got to meet one of the uh, talented young writers covering the NBA from a national perspective, and that's Jonathan Abrams from Grantland.com. He had formerly written for the Los Angeles Times and for the New York Times. So a, uh, a stout resume for Jonathan Abrams, and now he is writing for one of the websites that does a good job of covering the NBA on a national level. Grantland, uh, Bleacher Report, a couple of those are my favorites for sure. So, uh, of course, I happen to have a microphone with me and uh, thought I'd share a bit of this uh, young writer, Jonathan Abrams, with you on today's edition of the Black and Blue Reports. Thought we'd check in with one of the guys that covers the NBA at a national level. Jonathan Abrams does that for Grantland. We love Grantland, of course, and this is our first visit. First of all, pleasure to meet you, and congratulations on the new gig. Ah, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. So what L.A. Times, the New York Times, two kind of old-school institutions uh, in journalism, and now here you are on the digital frontier. What's the difference for you? 
Uh, the difference is, uh, one, no deadline, which is uh, a lot easier to be able to get stuff in, and two, no, uh, no space limit, which I guess readers can complain about sometimes because stories go on and on, but it's good for a writer. Before I ask you about the first two weeks in general, what are you working on here this week? What's most immediate for you? Um, I'm actually, I, I just came over to Staples tonight to kind of show my face a little bit, but I'm working on an Andre Iguodala profile. The pickup that, that Golden State gets with him is certainly, I, I don't know, I thought it was one of the better moves of the offseason. Yeah, um, you know, for the last couple of years, he's been viewed as this glue guy, this Swiss Army guy who can kind of get a team over a hump, and I know Golden State is definitely looking at him to do that. When you look at the first two weeks in general, what are the major storylines for you as we've gone through the last, I guess, the first cycle or two of the season? Well, I mean, obviously, you look at the Indiana Pacers, uh, you know, they're undefeated. You're wondering, one, can they sustain it the whole season? Have they peaked too soon? And, you know, you wonder how Danny Granger is going to fit into all this. Uh, you look at Miami and you wonder if the motivation is still there, if they're going to be able to, to put it all together. And uh, out in the Western Conference, you look at Russell Westbrook coming back. And, you know, you look at, uh, you know, I, I love seeing Anthony Davis the other night. He played really well. And, you know, you wonder if everything is starting to, to coalesce for him. When you look at a guy like Davis and then you look at the rest of the landscape in the West, you know, the way he's played so far, you'd say, oh, there's an all-star right there. But then you have to start looking at the other power forwards in the league and say it's kind of crowded right now. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's crowded right now, but I would say nobody has the, the upside that that kid has. And, you know, for him to start to show it to put it all together so early when he should be, you know, a junior in college is pretty impressive. What has surprised you here early on? Uh, NBA-wise or, or? Yeah, just, you know, teams that you maybe thought were going to start a different way or a, or a player or two that that either has had a great start or has been a little slower out of the gate? What's, what's kind of, I guess, taking you by surprise? I think uh, the two teams in New York struggling as much as they have has obviously been a little bit of a surprise. You know, the, the Knicks were competitive last year. They didn't make that many changes, yet they seem to not be able to figure out this early in the season. And there's all this talk about Carmelo and his impending free agency and what's going to happen with him. And over in Brooklyn, you know, they obviously made all these drastic changes, you know, with the huge trade with Boston, yet they've come out of the gate struggling a little bit. And you wonder if maybe they missed their mark. There was a lot of talk in the offseason, Jonathan, about the coaching changes. We had so many of them, and so, and so many of them were new head coaches. It seems quiet now regarding that conversation. Um, is that an oversight on all of our parts that cover the NBA, or is it, has it settled in okay? I think uh, <laughs> once you fire about half the league coaches, you know, it comes to a point where you can't, you can't get rid of them anymore. I, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's a shame that guys like George Carl and Lionel Hollins, guys who had 50-something wins last year, aren't coaching this year. But, you know, I think the league is just waiting to see how these other young coaches come along. All right, before I let you go, Jonathan Abrams from Grantland, let me ask you about these Los Angeles teams. Can the Lakers get something together to where they'll be in good shape when Kobe gets back, and are the Clippers a true title contender? You know, I would say for, for both it's tough. You know, I'll say the Clippers first. It seems like they, they lack that, that mental toughness to kind of get them over the hurdle. You know, their toughest guy on their team is also their smallest, and, and Chris Paul, and that's, that's tough, you know, going forward. And I think Blake and DeAndre Jordan have to be a little bit tougher in the interior for them to make that next step. And, you know, the Lakers, they're, you know, they're, they're piecemeal without Kobe. They have no go-to score, and Steve Nash is going to be out for a long time. So it's going to be a tough year for them all year long. All right, I know the fans can follow you on Grantland, of course, your work there, but what about Twitter? Have you gotten into that world? Yeah, yeah, my Twitter handle is uh, JPD Abrams.
Very good. Congratulations on the new thing, and uh, thanks for the visit. I hope we can do it again. I appreciate it. Coming up next, we'll visit for the first time with Josh Childress. The NBA veteran joined the Pelicans yesterday. He might even play tonight against the Utah Jazz. We'll have to see, but it's a good visit with a guy who's very smart, a Stanford man, as they say, and we'll get to him in just a moment. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. This is Todd Graves, founder of Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. Sure, other fans are hungry for a win, but here in New Orleans, we make sure that you're well-fed, too. With tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. Loving the Saints is like the freshness of Cane's. All day, no quit. Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report as we come to you from Salt Lake City here today. Hope you're enjoying your Wednesday. We're looking forward to a basketball game tonight. We'll be on the air at 8 Central with regard to the New Orleans Pelicans radio network. And a quick reminder that the Monty Williams Show returns tomorrow night on our flagship radio station in New Orleans. That's 105.3 WWL. FM. That show runs from 8 until 8.30. It's kind of our version of the radio fast break. And uh, we'll cover the Pelicans extensively and have a long visit with head coach Monty Williams tomorrow night. It is his longest visit with anyone each and every week. And we'll have it for you on the radio again tomorrow starting at 8 Central. And with that, let's bring in Josh Childress. Childress, one of two free agents signed by Dell Demps, Mickey Loomis, and Monty Williams yesterday. The other was Lou Odmanson. Lou is coming back to the team after a stint with the Hornets last year. Childress is new to the franchise altogether. No stranger to the NBA, though. He's bounced around. He's a Stanford guy. And here's our visit with Josh Childress last night. Josh, how did you get the news? When was it? Where were you? How did it hit you? I was at home about uh, 9 o'clock, 8 o'clock last night and uh, got the news. Obviously excited. Um, I, I got a chance to speak with Coach. Um, and shortly after there, um, you know, my agent called me back and told me that I was going to uh, be a Pelican. So, um, you know, just happy to be here. You, you've moved around a little bit. You've, you've looked to find a kind of a new spot. Tell me about that process. I know a little bit with Brooklyn last year, some camp this year. How do you... I don't know, how do you stay in the game but at the same time realize a new place in the world? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd be lying to you if I told you that wasn't difficult. Um, you know, but you would have to just just work on yourself and, and try to, try to um, you know, make sure that mentally you're, you're there, physically um, you're in shape. And um, after that, circumstance is circumstance, environment is environment. But, um, you know, if you can stay stable and constant in yourself, then you can, you know, you can be all right. What do you think, what, what would you want, I guess is what I'm asking, what would you want Pelicans fans to know about your game? Um, you know, I bring a lot of energy. I try to, um, you know, bring little things to the team, um, you know, defensive uh, intensity, rebounding, 
um, you know, picking my spots offensively. But more importantly, I, you know, I, I'm a, a team first guy, and you know, really, um, you know, sacrifice anything individually for for the team and the betterment of the team, whatever coach uh, wants of me. So you know, that's 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 just the type of person I am. You're at a different stage in your career, aren't you? Is some of that is that is that age? Is that experience? What is it? <laughs> I've always been that that way. Um, I'm probably a little more that way now than I used to be. Um, because of age, uh, and um, you know, uh, I think this team is very talented. And you, you, you know, you even just in, in the hour that I was out here right now, um, you see that. And you know, I just wanted to, to really um, try and help bring that out more. You know, and and, and just just bring, like I said, the little things to the team that, that coach wants. I mean, he's a, a very intense coach and. Um, he expects a lot of his players, and you know I, uh, I'm, I'm up for that challenge and, and uh, looking forward to a good year. Josh, what's realistic? You're old enough to know the answer to this. What's realistic as far as a playing at the level you want to play at, and b getting comfortable with this system or how this team does things? Is it you know even if it started tonight, if you played tonight, I mean how is it realistic that you'd feel some sort of comfort early or does it take longer it takes it takes time I mean you know it takes time for just getting a rhythm you know playing in in, in a NBA game you know I was in training camp um, you know I played in a, in a few games in that but um, you know it takes time to, to gel with new, a new team and um, you know I went over some of the offense but there's a, a ton that I don't know and uh, you know just just having that timing and knowing how to how to play with certain players knowing their tendencies um, you know but uh, that's just part of the part of the business. I have to, um, you know, kind of hit the ground running if if my numbers go. Thanks. Welcome to the team. Thank you. All right. So back at it on the game floor tonight. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Black and Blue Report. We'll be back in Studio B tomorrow. Looking forward to that, and looking forward to speaking with you again tomorrow, starting at noon Central time. Don't forget, this is No Appointment Radio. Just because we say noon Central, that's just when the show is available to you each weekday. You may take it however you like, whenever you like, and we'll be uh, certainly very pleased that you've decided to make this a part of your day. All right, Pelicans, back to work for you tonight. Saints, good luck as you get started with your preparations for the 49ers, and we'll talk a lot of football tomorrow, including our weekly visit with the voice of the Saints, Jim Henderson. That'll do it from Salt Lake City. For all of us involved in today's show, we say thank you. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.